Yud Chet Adar Bet Tafshin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
God and Benny Elbaz with Hashem Melech, very popular out there. Welcome one and all, my name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, which is uh, 9 AM Eastern Time and 4 PM Israel Time. We're back. Israel uh, moved their clocks uh, Thursday night, Shushan Purim. That must have been interesting. Um, and uh, we are also available on demand. You can listen to us on the archive of NachumSiegel.com and on the archives of the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free in the different app stores. And you can subscribe to our podcasts uh, through iTunes. All great ways to hear this show whenever you would like to and those that are listening live we uh, we're thrilled and we thank you very much for tuning in um, the main uh, subject that we're going to discuss today is um, a topic that is a very hot topic in Israel I think it's uh, being discussed by those who love and care for Israel that are around the world as well it is the um, video in which we see an Israeli soldier shooting an Arab terrorist after he tried the Arab terrorist tried to attack a soldier the soldiers there were two terrorists the soldiers subdued one killed one I'm sorry and very badly injured the other the one who was not dead was lying on the floor a soldier comes, sees him lying on the floor, and decides to shoot him and kill him, which he does. Was that justified? Was it not justified? Should the soldier be, sent, be uh, tried? What should he be tried for? Should he be released? What, how do we view this entire incident? That is the big topic of discussion in Israel. And quite frankly, it's a, uh, a very important debate to have. It is a very important discussion. And those of us who live outside of Israel, and those of us surely who did not serve in Israel Defense Forces, uh, have to be careful in discussing it because we don't have the experience that uh, they have and because we also don't suffer of the consequences necessarily of this uh, debate. And yet I think it's important for us to have the conversation, and we will do so during the show today. Um, we'll do that after we hear another song from Udi Davidi. This is Uva Orisha Zoreach. All the songs that we play during the show, the links to these songs of YouTube videos are going to be posted as they are each week on our Facebook page a little bit after the show. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We thank all of those who are active on the Facebook page. It's a great place to get updated, uh, both musically and otherwise. And we encourage you to like the page, as we always do. Um, and we thank those who have. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm not sure if 
בעולם, ברחובות או ממדם אפשר להרגיש את זה אומרים, זו גאולה, הנה הנה זבה, וכשהלב כמעט נשבר, ברוח על אדמת נחר, איילת השחר, מפתיעה, כל דודי דופק, הגיע כבר הזמן, הנה הנה זבה. דוידי, ראו ואורי שזורח, as the גאולה slowly presents itself as the sun rises slowly above the horizon. My name is Mayor Wangat and you're tuned to the Israel Shon, the Nachum Siegel Network. So here's the case, here's what happened. A terrorist, a young teenager, I believe he was, attacks a soldier who is on patrol in the city of Hebron. He attacks him with a knife. He stabs him and injures him. The soldier is wounded. Remember that very easily, just maybe a matter of an inch this way or that way, that soldier also could have been killed. The, uh, the members of Tzahal, the Israel Defense Forces who are there, shoot the terrorist, as they should. 
but he's not dead. He lies wounded on the ground. He can't obviously get up and run away, so he's, he's rather seriously wounded. That's what we know for sure. A video comes to light showing that a soldier, an Israeli soldier, comes onto the scene. It's not someone who was on the scene. Comes onto the scene, sees what's going on, sees the terrorist lying on the floor and shoots him in the head and kills him. This was approximately six to ten minutes after the uh, terrorist attacked. At the time of the shooting, for example, there is already an ambulance there, an Israeli ambulance, taking the wounded soldier out. There are also, you could see in the video, other soldiers, a few civilians from Hebron, probably, are also in the area walking around this uh, area. That's what we know. The army begin, opens an investigation. The media, with the release of the video, begins a public uproar against the soldier. In response to the media's public uproar, the Prime Minister, the Minister of Defense, Yalon, and the Chief of Staff, Eisenkot, all release statements condemning the soldier for shooting the terrorist. Later on, a leak to the press says that the soldier will be tried for murder. I think these are the basic facts that we know as a fact. Now we can start the discussion the conversation, if you will. Who is right and who is wrong? One of the things I uh, decided to do was to take a look at some of the journalists, writers in Israel, who are not leftists who are clearly on the right, meaning politically right side, or more or, or center-right side of the political map, and see what they say, because I, I find them to be a good barometer. They're not knee-jerk reactions that the left has, and they're not knee-jerk reactions that the right has. Arel Segal, himself a fighter is uh, a well-respected journalist 
He's also a very smart guy, and I've quoted him before on the, on this program. He said as follows on his radio show: "Lo gibor, vilo naval, avogam lo He's not a murderer, but he's also not a hero. Don't don't make him into a hero. He made a mistake. And what was the mistake that he made? And this is a key point. The mistake that he made was not listening to orders. That, I think, is the key to the entire question. He made a mistake. And Ariel Segal says, probably because in the course of fighting, of battle, soldiers are under pressure, and sometimes they freeze and don't do enough, and sometimes they go too far and do too much. And the army has to deal with that. And that happens, we understand that, but he's not a hero. And I find that that's really a consensus of the center, if you will. He's not a hero, but he's surely not a murderer, and he's not a bad guy. The condemnations are wrong. Leaking that he's going to be tried for murder is really insane. And by the way, almost every uh, analysis that I've seen coming out of Israel says there's no way that he will be charged for murder. It It was just a ridiculous leak, and it's not happening. But of course, every side now wants to grasp onto an argument that they think is uh, going to show that their side is right, whether it's the left or the right. So let's, let's bring up some of those claims and answer them from the other side, try to give you a balanced view of what the different sides claim. For example, why was this video released? How did, it get, how did this video come about? It came about because there is a I believe, vile organization called B'Tselem. They are part of a group of ultra-left. I, 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 I got to say anti-Israel, although obviously there are members of these organizations who have fought in Sahal and so forth, so it's hard for me to say that. But they are definitely vile organizations that are funded by foreign nations, mainly the European Union, and their goal and aim is to get Israel to return to the 1948 borders. That's their aim. They don't want to destroy Israel, but they want to get Israel to get out, and they will use almost any tactic, including, quote-unquote, snitching on Israel to the world. And so what they do these organizations, is they distribute video cameras. You got to, I mean, this is amazing. They distribute video cameras to Arabs throughout Yehuda and Shamron. And they encourage them to video soldiers as they're engaged. And so when this, this incident began, an Arab who works for B'Tselem, this Israeli organization, 
videoed this, sent it to the B'Tselem headquarters, and they released it to the world. And so now, as a result, the world goes, and the Arabs, of course, go around saying, you see, the Israelis are vicious killers. They just execute unarmed and harmless people that are lying on the ground that are not a threat to anyone. That is All this is true. It doesn't mean that the he- soldier is a hero. It means that we have these terrible, vile organizations. And if anything, it also tells us that we got to keep in mind always, always, that everything we do, everything we do is seen and can be captured on video. That's in general a good, good lesson in life, right? There's always an eye that sees, ayin ro'ah. And there's always a hand that's writing what we're doing. And uh, that's something we should always remember. And surely, soldiers that are in difficult situations, who are being, um, they're being pushed by the Arabs to act in a, in a violent way, have to remember that as crazy as the Arabs make them, and as difficult a time, and sometimes dangerous a time as they have, they always have to think, what is the right thing to do? What are my orders? And as a result, if I'm going to do something that's not according to my orders, I must remember that somebody is out there filming it. It's bad, it's wrong, it handcuffs us, but it's the reality of the world that we live in today. And through social media, these videos make their way around the world so fast. Again, I'm just pointing out right now on this particular segment that when people say, well, the video is not legitimate, it comes from B'Tselem, which those people and I agree is a vile organization that does terrible things to the Jewish people, doesn't change the facts of the case. It doesn't make the discussion illegitimate. It just reminds us that there are vile people out there that are videoing everything that we're doing, and we've got to remember that when we act. We'll continue with this discussion, bringing the different sides, what they think, what they say, the role of the media, the role of the politicians, and the role of the public in Israel. All of that coming up. This is Rami Kleinstein, Yom Shaloyachzor, off of his album Anashim Tovim. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. בתוך כל המרוץ הצלחנו להעד את הקצב והעצב התהפך למתוק אחרי כל המילים למדנו איך לשתוק עשרים וארבע שעות שלא שירתאו השארנו את הרעש המינוס מאחור תפסנו איזה סרט סתם באמצע יום ירדנו אל החוף התחלנו קצת לנשום את החופש והחושך מפוצץ כוכבים Tarafnu zetor, ki ayinu refim Vezi yom shelo yachzor Rak anachnu vehao 
Rami Kleinstein with Yom Shalayas, a great number. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. This is The Israel Show every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, or whenever you want to hear it, audio on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network media outlets. And we're discussing the situation in Israel, the shooting in Hebron that made international headlines because of uh, a video that was that was taken and released of an Israeli soldier shooting an Arab terrorist who was lying on the ground already injured. The shooting was done, as we mentioned, six to ten minutes after the terror attack was complete. And uh, in Israel, the media created a huge uproar when they put out this video. And the initial reaction of the politicians was to side with the media. But, in typical political fashion, as it became clear that the general public in Israel is siding with the soldier, yesterday the politicians started backing down a bit. It's interesting. A poll taken in Israel, and published yesterday on Arutz Time News. Was it correct to arrest the soldier? 
57% of Israelis said no, and 32% said yes. Okay, was it right for the Prime Minister, the Defense Minister, and the Chief of Staff to issue a condemnation right away as they did? 68% say no, it was wrong. Only 21% say yes. And it could be that those 68% are made up of people who feel that it was wrong to condemn, and people that feel that it was wrong to condemn before we know the facts, which was a major argument put out by level-headed people, the media, the politicians, everybody's ganging up on this soldier based on a video, but we don't know the facts. The army is investigating. A video doesn't tell us anything. It shows us a very superficial picture of something that happened. We get the basic idea. The soldier shot the terrorist who was on the ground and basically not moving. He was no longer a threat. We don't know what happened a second before the video. We don't know what happened five minutes after the video. We also only see one angle. And that's the problem with the social media and the videos or pictures that make their way around the world and have influence on the public perception and public opinion. If the media presents this video just in very black and white way, an Israeli soldier, here he is, he's shooting a terrorist. You see the guy is lying on the floor. He's badly wounded. He's not a threat to anyone. And yet the soldier comes out of nowhere and shoots him in the head. Doesn't say... It, it, it doesn't it doesn't look good. Let's put it the optics are wrong as they say today. But we don't know what happened before the video. We don't know what other angles and a few other videos have been released showing different angles. And they do change the picture of the story somewhat. Let's also discuss one of the major arguments which I also believed shows the innocence of the soldier until I read further and looked into it more. The soldier says, and this is the main claim that everybody repeats, the soldier says, look, I came onto the scene, I saw him lying on the ground, he was wearing a coat, that's true. It was a hot day, that's true. I suspected that he might have had a vest with explosives. That's, that's also true. That's a good sense that the soldier had. And then the soldier says, I saw him move his hand a little bit, and I was afraid he was reaching for a trigger to uh, blow himself up and all those around him. And so I shot him. That sounds very credible. And yet, here are the reasons that are given on the other side. Number one, this hap- the soldier came on the scene. He didn't know how long it's been since the terror attack. It was six to ten minutes later. The army says they made sure that he didn't have a bomb. There are, this is a young soldier. I think it was in his first or second year. He is an outstanding soldier. 
he he got a commendation as the outstanding soldier in his unit. Now he's not a bad guy. But the army says, we checked this person. We checked the terrorist. He did not have a bomb. And the main point, and here it is, there are commanders and officers on the scene. They are assessing what's going on. You, a uh, rather fresh soldier, you can't just decide to shoot without getting, without either seeing that there's an immediate threat or without getting some command from your officers or from the officers that are there. And that's what most, I believe, fair-minded Israelis see. A soldier that decided on his own to do something which he is not authorized to do without getting a specific command from his higher-ups that were there on the scene, that also saw the things that he saw. Because if every soldier will just shoot and kill somebody because they feel it's the right thing to do, you will have nothing but anarchy. And ultimately that, I believe, is the way I look at it, at least. He's not a murderer, but he's not a hero. His actions, while the rank and file of Israelis can feel solidarity with them, but his actions were wrong in the context of the military. Every soldier can't make decisions to kill on his own. There are rules of engagement. And there are officers on the scene. And the event happened, and you weren't even there, so you don't know what happened. You didn't see the event. You can't make judgments. And that's where he went wrong. That doesn't make him a murderer. That doesn't mean that he should be led away in handcuffs and, and, and that the media should and, and, and the, the government and the politicians and everybody should, should attack him. And there are other issues and we'll get to them uh, after the next song. Other issues that go deeper and, and really look at this question from a much deeper, more... Um, wider, deeper and wider viewpoint of understanding Israel in general. We have to we have to see the bigger picture sometimes. Yes, all of us want that terrorist to be dead. I do. I think the overwhelming majority of Israelis do. He's a terrorist. But if killing the terrorist is an act of anarchy that that won't work because in the bigger picture an army has to work based on orders and commands from the officers from the higher ups you can't have a situation where every soldier takes the law into his own hands again 
That doesn't make him a murderer, but it also doesn't make him a hero. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Here's Yishai Rebo with his new song, Kol Pa'amonim, off of the brand new album, Pachad Gvahim.
Yishai Rebo Kol Pa'amonim here on the Israel Show. Thank you for joining us. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. We encourage you, as we do each and every week, to go onto their website and see what they have to offer. And it's a lot. Anything you might possibly need if you want to think about making Aliyah and if you are making Aliyah, this is the... um, this is the place to go. This is the place to start. Start the process. Start even the thought process about Aliyah. Go to their website, www.nbn.org.il, www.nbn.org.il. This show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, Revolutionizing Aliyah. I want to read um, to you some comments by two more people. One is Yoaz Hendel. Yoaz Hendel is a journalist. I consider him a very smart and level-headed journalist. He also was a fighter in an elite unit in the army, and he still is a fighter in the reserves. He is not a leftist. He was an advisor to Prime Minister Netanyahu in the past. I would say he's uh, center-right. And as a fighter, and as a commander, I believe he's an officer. He writes, let no one be confused. There is not even one officer in the army, whether, a left, whether he is a leftist or a right winger, who would agree that a soldier that arrived onto a scene six minutes after an incident would shoot, would shoot not even shoot at, would shoot. Even if he would shoot at in the air. Even if he would shoot at a dead body. And that, he says, is a military person. No commander would agree that a soldier, just uh, a young soldier, a relatively new recruit, come onto a scene after an incident well after the incident is over, and shoot. He could injure somebody. Maybe the army decided that they want to keep this guy alive, this terrorist, to get information out of him. Who knows? That one young soldier can't make the decision when he is surrounded by commanders and officers that are way above his rank, that are there and have been there. And of course, says Joas Hendel, having said that, the person on the floor who was shot was a terrorist, wasn't an innocent person. It doesn't change how I view the incident, says Joas Hendel. And he says what occurred was an error during a military operation, not a random shooting at a picnic, and we have to remember that as well. He's not a murderer. So I think he takes the same tack, although he doesn't say it in so many words. His opinion is similar to the one we've expressed before. He's not a murderer, but he's not a hero. He made a mistake. And Arut Sheva, and they are surely not suspected of being leftists, Arut Sheva's website carried an article by Shlomo Piotrakovsky. Piotrakovsky. I don't know this journalist, but I found uh, it very interesting what he wrote. 
I don't know if this uh, appears in the English one as well. He says, number one, we all agree. The terrorist deserves to die. We all agree. I agree. You agree. We all agree that. He's a terrorist. At the end of the day, a terrorist who tries to kill an Israeli soldier should be shot on the spot. But not later on. And he says it as well. The soldier that shot is not a murderer. Period. Having said that, even with all of us agreeing that the terrorist shouldn't be alive, says Shlomo Piotrakovsky, yet there is no normal way in the world that would allow a single person, be, him, be he a soldier, a policeman, or a citizen, to act as judge and executioner. It just is not possible. There are rules of engagement that an army has to follow. And you can't have an individual soldier going on his own and making decisions of life and death. He says all rules of engagement deal with an ongoing threat. That never deal with a situation where the threat is over. There is no longer a threat. Especially when there are commanders and officers of higher rank on the scene. And keeping all this in mind, he writes, we want Sahal to be an army, not a gang. Even if it's a big gang, it's still a gang. You can't have a situation where every soldier makes a decision to shoot and kill people, be they terrorists or not, because today it's a terrorist and tomorrow it could be somebody who got a soldier angry. Tzahal isn't a gang. It doesn't go by, use gang rules. It's an army. And if we turn an army into a gang, the end will be very bitter. Says Shlomo Piotrakovsky, as published on Arut Sheva's website. So, to wrap up this uh, rather complicated and hot issue, I brought you different opinions, different sides. I find myself agreeing with those in Israel who say he's not a murderer but he's not a hero the question now is why does the public in Israel support him so much why has he become a hero I think the answer is that in a normal situation where a terrorist tries to kill a soldier and is shot and he's no longer a threat. The reason that one shouldn't kill him is because there's an assumption. There's an assumption that the government, that the country, will take this murderer, or attempted murderer, and put him in prison, and not let him out. 
The problem is that we have seen over and over and over again in Israel, and this is since the uh, Yitzhak Rabin government, where they released hundreds of Arab prisoners for uh, three Israeli soldiers, and then later we saw thousands, over a thousand terrorists released for one soldier. The feeling in Israel is the government does not do their job. That the government doesn't provide us with this safety. And therefore I think that the public opinion in Israel is kill him now because if not, you know what's going to happen? He's going to be in prison and then they're going to kidnap an Israeli and ultimately this guy is going to be He's, he is, the terrorist is going to become the hero. He's going to be released and he's going to be welcomed as a hero in his home. And with that in mind, I think in their gut, the average Israeli says, hey, better condemn a soldier who shot a terrorist then have to go to a shiva call to the family of the soldier. And yet, based on so many in Israel who have written about this level-headedly, the soldier should be punished, not as a murderer, but as someone, a soldier who made a mistake during, I guess you could say during a, a battle, a soldier who made a mistake, who didn't listen to orders, who made a decision on his own. Can't run an army like that, can't run a country like that. Because you'll end up having anarchy. Hope that sums it up. We'll go to uh, music and then we'll have a uplifting story to finish off today's edition of the Israel Show. Here's... Eti Levy with Eretz Tova. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. ארץ קודש, זבת חלב והדבש במענות של קרב שהשקט בה גועש זה מה שיש זה מה שיש ארץ טובה מהעורר לנחל ארנון ארץ תקווה ועד הציון Thank <laughs> you. Hello. 
Levi Eretz Tovah, a favorite here on the Israel Show. Well, the story that we're going to end up with, hopefully leave you on an up, uh, up note, is about a haircut. Yeah, what could be so inspiring about that, you ask? Well, this is a special haircut, and this was posted by B'nai Akiva of Chicago, by Lori Pinchot. Her son, Rami, from Chicago, is uh, in Israel now. Last week, he was inducted into the army. He volunteered, together with several other boys from the community in Chicago, for a service in Sahal. And I will always salute those who do that. It's amazing. They don't have to. They're volunteering. They're joining the Givati Brigade. Well, Rami has, before he left Chicago, decided that he needs to get his army haircut. You know, those we've all seen those buzz haircuts. He heard about a barber by the name of Ben Sheinkoff, who has a barbershop in Chicago. And what's so special about him? Well... He survived Auschwitz, and the reason he survived Auschwitz is because the Nazis needed him to be strong enough to shave the heads of hundreds of Jewish prisoners every day. And for three years, he received extra rations rations of food from the Nazis to keep him alive. And he, now at the age of 96... Still has a barber shop and is still, for 77 years, he's been cutting hair. And so Rami decided that would be a most appropriate place for him to get his haircut to prepare him for his entry into Tzahal. When we walked into the shop, writes his mother, and told Ben what Rami wanted, he was very excited. He too had been a soldier in the IDF, fighting in the Negev during the 1948 War of Independence. Having watched his entire family perish in Auschwitz, he was proud to have been part of the establishment of the State of Israel. If only we had the State of Israel during the Holocaust, we would have had somewhere to run and an army to fight for us. Ben spoke these words passionately, as the clipper buzzed away and Rami's hair fell to the ground. Ben the Barber, survivor of Auschwitz, writes Lori Pinchot from Chicago, soldier in the War of Independence, was preparing Rami to take his place in defending the Jewish state and the Jewish people, something that should never be taken for granted. That's really nice. And I thank, um, I believe Mayor Fertig reposted that. We're going to end off our show with a uh, little bit of a look back to Purim. Aaron Razel with Shemi, 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 which is the opposite of Misha, Misha, Misha. 
Not before we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very, span- very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following J.M. in the A.M., this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Thank you.